Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey, hello everybody and welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Today's sponsor is Nine Lazy Three Knives. Uh, Mike Gibson over at Nine Lazy Three Knives makes some amazing, amazing knives. They're cowboy tough, they're handmade. The one that developed the original pistol cutter and one-handed folding bowl cutter called the one Arm Bandit. And I just received mine a week or so ago and absolutely love it. So check out Nine Lazy Three Knives on Instagram. They're just super cool. They're, they're so cool that Miranda Lambert had one made, uh, drummer for Shinedown had one made, and uh, the uh, famous Dale Brisby uh, said, uh, he got one made and he said, uh, you gotta get a Nine Lazy Three Knives or you ain't no cowboy. So check them out, Nine Lazy Three Knives, Mike Gibson, very cool cowboy products. Hey, so I'm excited uh, today to have Clint Herring on the show. Clint Herring, he owns Herring Custom Hats. And now anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that I am, like many of the listeners, are obsessed with uh, cowboy hats. Um, I just have had a fascination with them since birth, basically. And I love them. I love to look at them, wear them, feel them, shape them. They're just, they're just amazing. So without further ado, let's just welcome uh, Clint to the podcast. Good morning, Clint. Morning. How are you? Good. Good. So um, we we never met. I've just seen your your work on on Instagram and, and social media. And uh, you know, if you if you would just tell us how how you got started. You know, in in the hat business. Uh, well, years ago, I uh, when I was in college, um, there was a hat shop there in, in Las Cruces, and it was a friend of mine's uh, father's hat shop. And I used to hang out in there quite a bit. And I was fascinated from an early age, like yourself. Um, and uh, over the years, I ended up becoming a saddle maker. And that's what I did for quite a while. And um, it started with me repairing um, hats for my friends. You know, I had, you know, a lot of the machinery to, to do it. And so replacing sweatbands uh, in my friends' hats is how, how it all started Really? So, so how long were you were you a saddle maker? Um, I started. I think I built my first saddle around age twenty three. Um, turning thirty nine now, so okay. I've, I've been at that quite a while. And you know, as a lot of as a lot of people in our industry, you know, I was I was a welder and a barn builder and and everything else that goes along with this lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, the saddle making, is that something that, is it self-taught or did you go to school for it? No, when I was, it's a little of both. I, um, when I was a kid, I lived briefly in Northern California in Oakdale. Oh yeah. And the little, the little, yeah, out, out in Knights Ferry and the little, the little ranch that I grew up on. Um, there's a couple houses there and one of the guys that, that, um, lived in the other house on the place. He was a saddle maker. So I'd go in there after school and, uh, you know, to make some money, he'd have me buff edges and, 
you know, glue stuff down and he never really let me touch the sewing machine or anything else, but I, I didn't realize how much I had learned. And then one day when I decided to do it, it was kind of, I think I was just around it so much that it was just kind of automatic for me. And, um, and I just went from there and then being a team roper, uh, kind of what spurred that is when I was in college, you know, everybody had their coat saddles, Del Martin saddles, custom saddles. When I was in college, I didn't have the money for any of that. So I, uh, out of frustration, I built one for myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. That's very cool. And, and so you're still building saddles now? No, sir. Uh, I did it for years. I love building saddles. Um, I turned something I loved into a job and it, the, um, it's a tough, it's a tough industry and building, uh, building them by hand is, is, um, seems like there's not enough hours in the day and, and then you're limited to your client base. Um, you know, how many people you can reach. And over the years, I started working on hats more and more and more. And I really fell in love with the whole process. Um, right down, I make a lot of my own equipment. Uh, when I need to expand and I need more equipment, I make my hat equipment. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I just really love that I get to send hats all over the world now. Um, yeah, that's, that's very cool now. So when did you launch the hat company? Um, I'd worked on a couple other projects with uh, other hat companies over the years. Mm-hmm. And at, at a point about two years ago, I just decided that I just needed to do it on my own. And I built a lot of my own equipment by that point, And I, um, I just went for it. My, um, my mission with this business was kind of to make the hats about the hats. You know, they're, they're expensive and a lot of guys, um, use them every day. And I want to just put out a really high quality product uh, that people are proud of. And, um, and I made sure to have a price point for everybody. Right. Right. Well, you know, on like, I'm, I'm scrolling through your Insta feed right now and just looking at the hats and then, you know, your, your, the photography and, and the models. I mean, you know, you do an amazing job with that. Uh, do you do you do the photos yourself? Do you have somebody do them? Do you hire outside models for this, or these people you know? Usually, the 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 photos of the hats in the shop I do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very difficult to take a good photo of a hat. You know, um, you know that you've yeah. been in the, the hat industry. The um, so over the years, I kind of had to learn how to how to photograph hats um, and make them show up where people can really see them. And, um, as far as the models go, my main, my main business is cowboy hats right? and the, the fashion hats, um, was, was purely from the, from the, the models ordering hats Really, and they liked them. They liked, they liked what I was building. And, and, um, so I'm very blessed to have had that happen because that, um, that helped quite a bit. Yeah, that's uh, it, it. It it does. I mean, because obviously you scroll through here and, and we see all the. I mean, just ranchy cowboy hats, just so cool. But then you've got the the fashion of it too, I, which I think is great. I, I think it's it's really great. 
Now, I know there's so many, so many things that go into to making hats. First off, your equipment, you say you, you build some of it now when you expand. A lot of hat makers I've talked to have old equipment. Do you have old equipment as well? Yes, I've got, I've got some very old equipment. Um, putting a hat shop together is no easy task. Uh, I've had to order. I've bought equipment from coast to coast uh, mm-hmm. to, get the, to get the hat blocks that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I had to buy, you know, nobody had a complete set of the exact block I wanted. So I had to buy three in Washington and three over here and three over here. Um, a lot of it was help from my customers. I had a customer one day that knew a gentleman um, that, that made hats in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and um, they were selling, selling their hat shop. So, and it was a smaller hat shop, uh, more of a repair type shop. So I picked up some more stuff there and um, some of this equipment's 80 to hundred years old. Yeah. And, and it's very difficult to find a lot of it. And over the, over the years I've developed some of my own techniques in building hats so I've got some equipment that's unique to this shop and, um, and I enjoy making some of the equipment. I enjoy making some of the hat blocks. It, it kind of allows me to use my other trades, you know, with welding and woodwork. And yeah. And it's, it's, it's so, so rewarding too to, to make stuff like that and then utilize it to make something else. It's just, uh, it's a great skill to have. I, I'm just looking at one of the hats right here. Now it's the brushed grizzly in steel. That is like, such a cool looking hat <clears throat> now so your the bodies do you you order the bodies is, is that how it, how it goes and do you get those from one source do you have multiple sources or i just i only use um hat bodies that are that are uh, built here in the united states okay. um the um and i i prefer to just use one source but sometimes for different fashion hats i, I sometimes have to use um some other hat bodies, but for the most part, it's all, it's all one source. The, um, that brush finish hat, you know, I always liked those old, I always look at photos for history lessons. Mm-hmm. So from the old black and white photos, um, you see a, uh, a sheen on some of those hats and that was a traditional top hat and a top, a traditional top hat has a brushed finish. And I thought that it'd be really nice to do that type of finish on a cowboy hat. And that's, Kind of how I came up with that brush finish on these cowboy hats. It was, it was. I look a lot of, I look at a lot of the old photos for inspiration on on new designs. Yeah, it's very cool. I, I, I'm just something just came to me, and I don't know why, uh, but I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, Tim McGraw wears those black straw hats, you know, and I, they just, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of them, but this is what Tim McGraw needs to be wearing right here, this because this is one cool hat. So anybody out there knows Tim or. Here's this. Uh, they ought to just tell him he needs to hit up Herring Custom Hats and get this uh, brushed grizzly in steel because it's way cool. Now, is that are, are your hats? Um, you know, different uh, you know grades of beaver, fur, felt, rabbit, and all that as well, like the other hats. Yes, sir. They they uh, most most custom hat makers um, utilize a lot of the the similar hat bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a you have the rabbit fur, and then you have a rabbit beaver blend, and then you have pure uh, the pure beaver, hundred percent beaver. Um, and there are so many techniques to building a hat that that different hat makers can have different different finishes on these hats depending on on how they want to finish them. Um, my um, 
my favorite hat to build and my core business is, is the pure beaver hats and I have different finishes. I put on those hats. Mm-hmm. So I, I, um, they're kind of like making a saddle. You can spend a couple of days on them or you can spend a lot of time on them. And so there's, so, you know, on a, on a hundred percent beaver hat, you know, you got an, I've got an entry level hat that's pure beaver. It's really going to perform in the rain and the weather. Right. And then I have some that we, I spend countless hours on and, you know, just trying to make perfection. Right. You know, now, so, so for myself and, and as, as much as I love cowboy hats and, and had many over the years, the, the, uh, highest grade I've ever had is one I have now I've got a 40 X, but I, I know that I've, I know I've got to, uh, level up and, and get me a hundred X here one of these days. And actually I need more of them. I, I need to be the Imelda Marcos of hats. Um, but, uh, um, what, what is the cost for, for a hundred X? Well, my, my, uh, my hundred X hats start at seven fifty. Okay. And I had different finish levels on the hats. Um, you know, so that you can spend seven fifty, you can spend nine fifty, you can mm-hmm. spend fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred. I have a hat that's five thousand dollars. Gotcha. Okay. But very um, and, and so and now again with the finishes we're talking about, we're talking about um sanding. Uh it, it, I mean, if you kind of just give us, you know, how how you do finish them a little bit. Give us that process. Well, that's um or is that secret? Every hat shop's got their <laughs> every hat shop's got their trade secrets. Okay. But the uh, I, I do I do the work by hand, um, okay. from the from the pressing the um, you know putting the finish on, starting the finish. Um, there, there's just multiple there's multiple steps in in building one of these hats. The um, and for me to allow my leather work in one of my one of my higher grade hats, I do a tooled leather sweatband, hand carved gotcha. permanent leather sweatband on the inside of it. Um, I use, I utilize different silver makers for the buckles. Mm-hmm. I kind of try to spread that around, especially on the higher end hats. I always try to do, you know, have a silversmith, you know, make something special for those hats. And then, um, so, I mean, I mean, 750 for, for a hundred X is, is not bad at all. Uh, especially a custom made hat. So you, you said you do have price points, uh, for, for, you know, every level, um, what's, what's, you know, your entry level hat go for, uh, an entry level hats, three seventy five for a custom. Okay. The, um, every once in a while, if I build some stock, I'll, I'll run a sale like on the fashion hats, mm-hmm. you know, um, last month I made a couple of like 20 X hats, you know, um, the, um, and you know, there's so many hat makers now what I try to do is I try to have a style that's, that's, you know, unique to my shop. Right. And, 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 um, you know, I really lean on the classic designs quite a bit. Right. And, and um, and, I, and yeah. I, I can see that too. I mean, I just see it in your work and just looking at it, you know, and I, I just, I, I just, I love, I mean, I'm even looking at some, this little fedora here cat with the big, um, uh, ribbon band on it and just, and then the way it, the crown shaped, it's just, it's just so cool. Yes. And there's, and there's, there's a lot of variations of those hats and that's, that's, you know, that's what I specialize in. Um, people call up and give me an idea of what they're looking for. Right. A lot of them will send me multiple photos and I'll try to sort through and, and come up with the best design for them. You know, cause a lot of this, a lot of my orders are over the phone and everybody gets their own hat, 
So I just finished a bright blue fedora uh, for one of my customers that is absolutely stunning. And when they wanted that color, I wasn't sure, but they wanted a little wider uh, brim on this fedora, very little flange to it, matched ribbon. Um, when it was done, it came out beautiful. So a lot of the designs you're seeing are things that the customers want mm-hmm. and ask for on their own. And, and um, it's just my, my rendering of what they're, what they're asking for or looking for. That's really what I specialize in is trying to give everybody their, their hat, you know, that they, that's unique to them. Right. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, wine uh, colored with the levered ribbon and the gold bow in the center, which is so cool. My wife would love that hat. That one's been popular. Um, the, uh, and I've made that, that wine color in, in several different styles of hats. I made the fashion hats, the cowboy hats. Um, you know, recently I just started doing some of the distressed, heavily distressed hats. Um, there's some I put out, I don't know if you saw them, they had like a longhorn steer kind of burned in the side of the crown. I just freehand that and I draw it in with the, you know, with a burner. Right. And, um, you know, there's a hat for every head. It's amazing the amount of designs that, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that I've made over the years, you know? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like music, you know, it's, it's amazing. They could keep coming up with new songs all the time. And, and as you know, I look at hats and, and, and custom hat makers, this is like you, you've got, I mean, you've just got your, your, your own deal and it, and it's just, it's unique to you. And I think that's just so, so cool. Um, now in terms of hat brim sizes, what do you have a favorite for you? I mean, in, in, uh, the size of your hat brim or. Yeah, I prefer a four and a quarter for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have customers that know what they want right down to an eighth of an inch. I mean, we can do right. four and eight, four and a quarter, four and three eighths, right. um, you know, five inch hats. I make quite a few four and a half to five inch brim hats. You know that it's, it's regional too. So different parts of the country, people have different hat styles that they, they prefer learning, learning, learning to crease for everybody, um, to make, to make them the hat they want, you know, takes some time. I used to have my hats. Um, I've had several made um, back in the day where I had the brims three and seven eights. There was just, I didn't want it four. I just liked them three and seven eights. It's, so it's, it's, it's funny that you say that, you know, that people know right down to the, to the eighth of an inch. And I've been there before I'm at four now. I just, I love fours. They just fits on my head better, but you know, everybody's, everybody's different. Yes, sir. I, and I make a bunch of hats in the, the three and a half size, you know, like that old open road style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it just depends on what somebody, you know, I've got all of my grandfather's hats, um, both of my grandfather's hats. And one of my grandfather's, I've probably got seven hats that he's had that he had probably dating back from the forties. They're all the same crown. They're all the same brim. He never changed them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's what he wore for, yeah. you know, 50 years. That, that's that's so great and i used to be that way uh too i, I just liked them all a certain way but now i'm i try to have a, a little bit different shape on the crown and brims on on all of them and it's sometimes it's hard because you know you're used to the, it looking a certain way on you but the more you do it then you know the more you can just wear a different style different look for different occasions it, it's it's just it's just awesome i you know i my mom used to say i'd, I'd go to bed with my hat on so when i was little just very, very, very cool. I've always loved hats. Um, 
since I was a kid, I was the same way. I always had a hat on, always wore a hat. All the pictures of me as a child, I was wearing a cowboy hat or a baseball cap. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's funny how opportunities arise and, you know, you end up, you can end up doing what you love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is true. And, and speaking of that, I mean, you know, you're, you're obviously an entrepreneur, uh, you know, and you've, you've, you built saddles, you're, you're handy in building and construction, welding, all those things. Uh, like you say, they're, they, they kind of go hand in hand with, with this lifestyle and culture. And what's the, what's your uh, say worst entrepreneurial moment, uh, you know, in, in, in building your business, you have, have anything that's like set you back or that you've really had to struggle to get, get past. I think I, I just watched a video about this. I think that every entrepreneur has setbacks that you don't account for. Mm-hmm. and and um the, the best thing you can do when you do have setbacks is either look to ins- other businessmen that inspire you yeah and and uh, i always say just keep swinging your hammer yep and and you know it'll 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 work out and the right people will come along you know the um the i mentioned this earlier like the deal with the the, the fashion hats it, i was trying to build a product that spoke for itself mm-hmm and I do, I do very little advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of, it's all been customer driven. Right. And that's how I wanted it to be, you know, the, um, you know, for a, for a small business, you know, customers are everything that they're, they're everything to your business. And, <clears throat> you know, the business I'm in, there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of different types of hat companies. Right. Um, and different, different um custom makers have very unique st- styles as you've seen there's um there's some guys that make hats that the musicians really love right you know there's there's companies that really specialize in the ladies fashion hats um you know there, it's just such a broad um demographic of for the hat business yeah yeah and 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 so that being said, what's your, the, the, the best moment, you know, in, in building your businesses, uh, in, in doing what you love or the best, greatest idea that, you know, turned into success for you? I think the best idea I had was to, was to just build a product that I was really, really proud of and, and be mindful of my customers having, receiving a product and being proud of it. So every time I put a hat in a box, I, I spend a lot of time to make sure that the hat is exactly um, what they want and what they asked for. Right. And it, it's the, it's the little things, you know, that decision going forward, you know, you know, I guarantee the fit for people because a lot of my customers, I don't get to see them. Right. Um, so they have to measure their own head. Give me a measurement. I ask them a series of questions so I can get the fitment right. Cause on a custom hat, um, we put, we put people's head shape, everybody's head shape is unique to them. And I just dropped off the hat with a gentleman the other day that was a size eight. So he has a hard time um, buying hats off the shelf. Yeah. And, um, you know, I take people's head shape with a conformer. So, but when I can't do that, if they call in, they're out of state, they can send me their head measurement and give me give me some ideas of how their hats fit, what they like, you know, a lot of hats off the shelf might pinch the side of their head or it might pinch their forehead or um, they might want to wear it loose. Some people want to wear it when they're, when they're, you know, 
going down the arena on their horse. Right. Um, some guys working them, you know, some guys need them for sun protection. Um, so I can really customize what people want. And what's really been important for me is I want that customer excited when they receive their hat. And I want them to, because if they're anything like me, when I, ever since I was a kid, you know, you get a hat and then you nitpick it and you look in the mirror and then you, and then, you know, and then you adjust it and then you adjust it. And then, and every time you put a new hat on, you go through this process of trying to get used to what your hat looks like on you. And my goal is for people to put their hat on and just love it, you know, with, right. with, uh, minimal nitpicking. <laughs> right, right. I, want, I want them to, lo- to, lo- to love what they're getting and, and, um, and love the shape that they, that they've got, you know? Right. And so, so in, when you have measure their own, uh, take their own measurements, uh, then you, and you get other guidelines from them based on other hats that are off the shelf that, you know, are aware of how, how they're built or how they're shaped. And they can tell you, uh, do, do you, do you think you get, I mean, I know, I know that the hats are going to conform to our heads over time anyway, is, is, you know, but when you do it with the conformator, do you think that you get a better fit with the conformator more early on or what's your, what's your thought on that? Yes, you, you do get a better fit. And depending on how somebody wants their hat to fit, um, like some people are not just a long oval. Some people are an extra long oval and then some people are not just a round oval, they're extra round oval. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, a lot of those customers already kind of know. So if I don't get to use a conformator, if, if it's a phone order, right. a lot of them will tell me, you know, I, I wear a long oval, but there's still pinch my forehead. I got to go size up, you know, to make it to be comfortable in my hat. So that gives me some guidelines when I'm, when I'm shaping the crown, you know, I've got the proper tools to put good head shapes in there. Um, the, the ladies, a lot of them have a lot of hair, so yeah. I can accommodate for that. Right. Um, Especially the barrel racers, you know, they want it to stay on when they, when they run right. um, without having to do a whole lot to their hat to make it stay on. So that's always, that's always been a, a challenge to make them fit properly where, where people can, you know, get them down low enough to their ears so it doesn't blow off when they're running, you know, when they're running the barrel horse or team rope and right. whatever sport they're in. And then, you know, it's, it's never fun having a hat that's too tight. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. My number, my number one request when I'm at a show is people wanting, bringing hats up that, that they, that they already own and want them stretched. I very, very rarely do I have people want me to take the size of a hat smaller. Right. They usually, they, they usually want the hat stretched. And a lot of times I think that just comes from, you know, heat, you know, leaving, leaving your hat in the car, mm-hmm. you know, might've fit them when they bought it. They leave the hat in the car, leather shrinks. Um, or some people buy their hats tight right? And, and, and a little of both and, and having a custom fit really helps with that. Yeah. What, um, I was just, I was just thinking of this cause I know that they do this, uh, digital laser to measure the inside of your eardrums to fit, uh, you know, audio monitors in, uh, I wonder if you could develop an app that someone could scan their head and give you the exact size of their head and transpose it into hat building. I don't know. It just came to me that maybe that I maybe, thought of that. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought of it, um, you know, and I just can't get, 
I can't get my head around it, but yeah, I've, I've thought of trying to make it easier for people to, to fit their hats. My system I got down now works pretty good. Right. Um, you know, one of the hat shops, one of the famous hat shops years ago used to, to send, they would insure and send their 150 year old conformator to customers and then have them send it back. Oh, those, nice. those conformators are so rare. I don't think I could sleep if I ever sent it, <laughs> sent it away. Um, <laughs> the um but yeah yeah there's there's um it's a technique that's been around a long time those the, the conformers are at least 150 years old Man. um there, there were some made in this country that are a little newer i was lucky enough to find one of those also mm -hmm. um, from the 20s and 30s um but nothing's n nothing's like those the the alley mailer conformers that are that are made in france yeah they, they really had it down. They were, they were handmade. It works just like a computer. Um, and it'll show it, it's always, it's always entertaining when I can tell a customer that they grind their teeth on the left or the right side of their head. <laughs> That's it, it actually shows the, inven it, the, the card actually shows the inventions from their, their jaw muscles. Well, Hey Clint, tell us, uh, we talked a little bit before we, uh, before the, the podcast, um, tell us what, what is the other sport that you're involved in? And, uh, How'd you get involved in that? Well, I've been, I've been team roping since, since I was a little kid. And, um, you know, over the years I've always fished for a hobby. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when I was in college, you know, I had jet skis and we did all that on the weekends and I'd fish quite a bit. And over the years, um, I started bass fishing and then I started fishing bass tournaments and I really fell in love with the, with the sport because there's some similarities to, to, to rodeo. You know, you show up and there's a $200 a team. It's 80% payback. It's an average on five. Once I, once I went to my first tournament, I was like, man, I know how to do this. <laughs> you know, they, 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 you know, it's, you know, there's an entry fee, the payback same. They got a, they, you know, like I said, there's an average and then there's also a big fish deal, which is kind of like a go around. Right. And, um, the sponsorships work very, um, are very similar in the industry. Right. And I've learned a lot about, um, the Western industry watching the bass fishing industry because their marketing, um, is such a, that is such a big sport. Right. I mean, look at that bass pro shops and Cabela's, right? So I've always studied what they do so I can apply that in the Western industry um, because they do a great job, you know, the, the athletes in the, in the, in the bass fishing world, um, they utilize their camera. They talk to the camera. They're very comfortable with the camera. They, they, um, they talk to their audience, mm -hmm. you know, they make everybody feel at home. I was lucky enough to meet, um, one of the turning points in my career is I got to meet Gerald Swindle at Bass Pro Shops one day. He was speaking and out of the blue, he walked up to me cause he liked my baseball cap. that was for my company. And, and, um, so I gave him my baseball cap and uh, I got to talk to him about becoming a professional angler because I, that was something that I wanted to do. Right. And uh, he had some great advice, very humble. And he still, this was years ago and he still utilizes the, um, you know, Instagram and YouTube and, and uh, now IGTV. And, you know, the, the, when you look at the, the Western and rodeo industry mm -hmm. on Instagram, that industry does an outstanding job. I mean, they utilize it in a way where like every blank is filled in. Right. They, they, um, 
you know, the, the Western industry just does an outstanding job with social media. They really do. And once the IG TV really catches on, um, you know, I think that the, there's, there's, you're going to see a lot of talent come out of the woodwork, mm-hmm. you know, wh- whether it be makers or athletes. And once, once everybody gets in the, in the rodeo industry gets a little more comfortable with, um, with using that video, I think we're going to see a lot of exciting stuff. A, a lot of people are camera shy. I'm one of them. <laughs> um, even doing this interview, you know, it's, it's a little, I'm a little nervous, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just camera shy and a lot of guys are. So using the video for me to use a video, I don't know that I ever will just cause I'm not that comfortable on camera. <clears throat> right. But I, I think that the, I think it's a, a great tool for our industry. And the, the cool thing is, is people that are not in the industry are not familiar with it. Right. They, they get to see a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the people that are involved, the different athletes, you know, you might have some, somebody that's always wanted to barrel race or always wanted a bull ride or always wanted to, um, team rope or calf rope or whatever it is. And if they see these athletes talking to them and, and they see that it's real life, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, it can have some really positive impact. Well, yeah. And I, I agree. And that's, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast. It was just kind of came about organically because of some other products and things that I'm doing in the, in the Western and rodeo industry. But I just think, like you said, um, the more that the, you know, rodeo and Western world gets over into all the platforms and social media <clears throat> and utilizes them to their full potential. And, and again, they're changing and growing every day, but uh, I think it just allows other people, uh, you know, outside of this culture and world to, to get a glimpse inside. And, and like you said, I mean, there's a lot of people that want to ride a horse, but they don't even know how to really go about it. I think it's important just to help continue to, to grow this industry and the culture and the heritage. And that's what, that's what I love about it, you know? And um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future of, you know, team roping rodeo, uh, just Western wear, Western fashion. Uh, I, I love it all, you know, and I've just really, I mean, I just really, you know, love talking to, to you, you know, about, your hats and, and the, you, I didn't even know you were a saddle, a saddle maker either, but, uh, it's just, it's just so cool. And I'm going to have to get down there to, uh, Fort Worth and, and get my head measured. I'm going to have to own me a herring custom hat as well. So I'd, I'd sure love to make you one. We can get you measured up and you can see the shop, you know, yeah. the, um, one thing, one thing I did want to touch on uh, today is the, um, you know, like your podcast and stuff. One of the things that I've always tried to do, um, cause I've had so much help from so many people getting this going. Right. And I know the, I know how difficult it is because as a very young man, I, I love making stuff. I mean, I learned how to make bits and spurs and that that's kind of a hobby. I never mastered it, you know? Right. Right. Um, but, it, but it's kind of cool to have your own set of spurs that you made or that your buddies have, you know? And, and I see these guys, I see a lot of young guys now making products and it's always been important to me to try to help them along, you know, refer them to people, you know, there's a lot of small makers. It takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of work for people to make it if they're going to do it full time, right? whether they, whether they're a knife maker, spur maker, saddle maker. And this industry has just got a lot of makers in it. And a lot of them are, are young and there's more of them now. I mean, I see more tooled leather now than I've ever seen. And that might be because of social media. They might've always been there, but we're getting to see it now. Right. And you see this talent all over the country. And so, um, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, encourage 
encourage the the younger generation that's coming into the industry, get them involved. Yeah, that's that's great. And and now you're on. Best way for people to follow you is is Instagram. Um, and uh, do you have a website as well? Yes, my my website link is on the Instagram page. Okay. It's Heron it's Custom.com. I um I've never really had a social media account before this one. Um, Instagram just made sense to me because you can put pictures of all your products and they can see them all on one screen. I like that format just because you can, you can showcase a lot of what you're doing all at once. Well, Hey Clint, it's been great, great talking with you. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, very informative and, uh, people can check you out on Instagram at Herring Custom Hats. Uh, your website link is there as well. Uh, look forward to uh, meeting you in the in the future here and love to get a hat made uh, so um, yeah just uh, really really appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and sharing everything yes sir and I, I sure appreciate the opportunity to get to talk to you and uh, like I said I'm I'm a, I'm a little shy when it comes to interviews but <laughs> that, but I was I was I was excited when you I was excited when you when you reached out to me um, you know to talk about hacks and stuff yeah, very, very cool, Clint. Well, hey, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll let you get back to work, and then uh, we'll be in touch. Where are you, Cowboys? Yes, sir. Thank you. At? You bet. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer, saddle up old rock, and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the roping pen. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, twenty thousand dollar horses. Then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the roping pen. can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the rope and pin. Well, I ain't no play or speed. But I give her hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I 
just might be We'll turn another pill of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen Down at the roping pen